Um, we are uh, always thankful for folks that give their time and, uh, and talents to help us give music and tech stuff and everything else has to go on to make these services happen. So I'm going to introduce our band real quick. David Chang is on keys. Steve Sizemore is playing bass. Brogan Jones is back there on the drums. John Grano is on lead. And Michelle Burris is singing with us today. Uh, yeah, we're very thankful. And, uh, and we Winston are... Bender is leading <laughs> us, too. <laughs> we... <laughs> We are always looking for uh, more folks to come up and join us up here. It's not hard. Um, we only bite every now and then. But uh, we, uh, yeah, I think we've got, oh, man, Dan will probably have to correct me, but we have a workshop or a, an open house or something coming up pretty soon, but I, I can't remember the date. So we'll get that figured out. But there is stuff coming up, so if you're interested at all, um, sign up, come out, hang out with us. Uh, you're always welcome to come on a Tuesday night when we're here practicing as well. Well, with that, um, we are going to open today with Glorious Day. So if you would stand and sing with us. I was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight? It was my truth till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide.
Lindsay brought this one in, so it might start to be familiar. What gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer? There is no
my only hope in Jesus. As we come to our prayer time this morning, uh, just share a couple of updates. Uh, I emailed with uh, Pastor Vasily in Ukraine this week. As you can imagine, it just gets more difficult in a lot of ways and uh, with family health issues and just the weariness of war and people not being able to do uh, the things that they need to do. So we want to continue to pray for him and his family and the church churches that they serve uh, that we've been able to support over these last couple of years. We've had a number of you all help us at the heat shelter this week, uh, the shelter for folks who don't have housing in Culpeper. And thank you for coming through and helping us do a bunch of dinners this week. We want to continue to pray for our community and those who uh, need those services. And uh, the heat shelter stays open through about the end of March. Uh, and if you'd like to help in some ways with the heat shelter the rest of the year, you know, let me know and I'll try to connect you to some of those needs. But it's, it's a good reminder that uh, there are needs in this world and there are needs in our community. And we have the great privilege of sharing the hope of Christ uh, in those moments. Sermon this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about how we invite people into the hope of Jesus Christ. So as we go to the Lord in prayer right now, I just want to encourage you in just a, a time of silence to think about somebody in your life who needs to experience the hope of Christ. Uh, kind of pray specifically for them, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Let's pray together. Father God, we gather because you are our hope. You're our salvation, you're our Savior, Lord. And we gather to praise you. We gather collectively to remind ourselves as a community that this is our work, this is our joy to share the hope that we have in you. And we pray for our friends in Ukraine today who continue to uh, live under great hardship, but continue to proclaim your hope. And so as they gather for worship, we pray that you will encourage them, strengthen them. You would continue to protect them and heal them. Lord, we pray for those in this community. We are thankful for uh, the leadership of our community that helps provide uh, shelter for those in need. And we pray that uh, they would find hope in you and that you would have us as a community gather around them to move them forward in life. Thank you for the privilege of serving those in need. And Lord, we gather as individuals into a community of faith this morning, but in our individual lives, we all have needs. We all have things that are not going as we would want and so, Lord, I pray that you would meet our needs, you would uh, encourage us, change us, and challenge us to be the people you've called us to be so that we can fully experience and proclaim the hope that we have in you. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of worship, for the joy of being together, and the beauty of this day. In your name we pray. Amen.
Next Sunday, we have one service. It is at 10 o'clock, and it's featuring uh, Dr. Bob Roberts. And I have been talking about this for a couple of months now. I hope you are going to be here. Uh, one, because it's a great opportunity for us to see each other across a couple of services. Uh, but two, it's an opportunity to hear from one of the leading uh, folks in our world today on the issue of religious liberty and evangelism. He's going to preach at the 10 o'clock service, and then that afternoon, which I also hope you will come back for from 4 to 6, he's going to talk a little bit more about the work he is doing and what he is seeing in our broader world. Uh, this church was founded at the intersection of religious liberty and evangelism. 
And I think Bob Roberts is the best person in our world today to talk about that issue with us. So I hope you'll be here. If you're coming in the afternoon, I hope you'll sign up for dinner and, uh, and be a part as we kind of start thinking again like we thought when we first started all this 250 years ago. And by the way, if I'd have called Bob Roberts and said, hey, my church is 35 years old and we're in Culpeper, Virginia, would you come preach? The answer probably would have been no. Uh, but when I called and I said my church is 250 years old, John Leland was our third pastor and Religious Liberty is our founding story. He couldn't come fast enough. So we are thrilled to have him here. And I hope you will make every effort to be here. And as I've said, this is the best opportunity to invite a friend who thinks that the reason we have so much conflict in the world is because of the church or because of religion. Invite that person specifically uh, to kind of hear Bob talk about uh, what's happening in the world. So again, encourage you to do that. Today, we're continuing on with our Jesus for Everyone series. We're going to talk uh, uh, from Luke 14. We're going to talk about a kingdom party uh, starting in verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. And the servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. And then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Jesus gave us a variety of word pictures in the New Testament describing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a seed. It's like children playing in the market. It's like a master of a large estate who went away leaving all his holdings in the care of his servants and then suddenly unexpectedly he shows back up one day and asks for an accounting. But mostly, mostly he talked about the kingdom of God as a party, as a banquet, which was appropriate because many who heard him speak lived in a world where food was scarce and hunger was a daily reality. So a picture of a banquet, a picture of a feast, a picture of a party would bring them great joy, would help them to know they were invited to life beyond what they were experiencing. Well, in this story, Jesus is at a gathering at a Pharisee's house, a prominent Pharisee, but it's probably not much of a party. The music is mellow. There's some mumbling happening in different corners around the room, and Jesus is probably the one they are mumbling about. It's probably because of him that the party's kind of going south. And it's the Sabbath day. They probably have just all come from the temple. And Scripture tells us that Jesus was being carefully watched carefully watched. They, they were checking him out. These Pharisees are plotting to kill him. That, that, that's what's going on at this banquet at the Pharisee's house. And Jesus heals someone and, and really goes after the Pharisees for not liking the fact that he healed somebody on the Sabbath. And he tells the guests that they all seem concerned about just getting in the house and getting a good seat at the table. They're more concerned about that than anybody else around them. And Jesus tells them, watch out. Don't be so consumed by your pride, your need to be recognized. 
And he criticized the host, which again is not something I would normally tell you to do at a party. And he says, you put on a party, but the only people you invite to this party are people who can invite you to their party, who can pay you back. That's the only people that are in the room. And with those conversations kind of happening, you can imagine it felt less and less like a party. And Jesus wasn't trying to kill the party. Don't get that idea. But something, was important, something important was happening. He was surrounded by a group of people who assumed they were religious, they were righteous enough, and so that they were doing good in relation to the kingdom of God and their place in it. And Jesus is telling that group of people, you're making a bad assumption that your religion is going to get you into the kingdom of God. And I just want to pause there for a moment because we have way more in common with the folks that started at this banquet than we do with the folks that started to come in after. Don't make the mistake that our religion is going to get us into the kingdom of God, that our religion is going to help us experience the kingdom of God. Jesus pretty consistently goes after that one. And the first thing he did when he started his public ministry was to preach these words, repent, because the kingdom of God is right in front of us. And that was his consistent message, his central message that he told his followers, including us, over and over and over again. And he, he told us to, to go tell that story. Go tell that truth to the world around us. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. Well, what is the kingdom of God? Well, it's, it's the rule and the blessing of God. It's, it's being in instead of out. It's being saved instead of lost. It's being a child of light instead of darkness. It's being in heaven for eternity and having heaven in us as we live out our lives today. It's the kingdom of God. And in this story, it has several tenses. It is something that is happening and something that will happen. And I think a valid criticism of many believers in this culture is the only way we seem to be able to talk about the kingdom of God is something that will happen, some, some future day. But Jesus says it's also something that is now happening, that we can experience the rule of God in our lives and being a blessing to the world of, around us. And Jesus tells us it's a party, it's a banquet. And it seems like every time he tells us it's a party and a banquet, the right people were not there. The people like the ones in this story who, who didn't think they needed an invitation keep showing up. And, and they were saying, we, we've, we've done well in this world. We, we're a little bit religious, and, and we've decided that's all we need to be. And they didn't think they needed Jesus' help to get into any party or banquet. Jesus tells us it's his invitation that matters. He says, come, for everything is now ready. That, that's the invitation. It's not do this and come. It's not learn this and come. It's not attend this and come. It's just a simple invitation. And in our pride, we want to say, I've got to bring something to this party. I know how some of us are. We've got to bring something to the party. I'm going to bring the best dish. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Everything is prepared. You just come to the party. And I remember a time, I remember a time when believers invited people to the party. They invited them in that joyful way. We didn't try to scare them. We didn't try to guilt them. We didn't try to shame them. We didn't try to politicize them. We just simply said the life of the kingdom of God is a party, and we want you to come. I remember that time. 
How simple sharing our faith can be to invite people to a kingdom party. And also remember when we believed there was an urgency to the invitation. Jesus said, everything is now ready. And churches and believers used to live with a greater sense of urgency, the greater sense of our purpose in this world to invite people to a kingdom party. Well, these folks that were invited began to make excuses. Business is so demanding, one of them said, I, I just bought a field, I got to go look at it, look after it. And someone else said, I just bought some oxen, I got to go take care of them. And give them credit, and it's interesting to me to, to note that in, in the story of Scripture, they at least said, please excuse me, after their excuses. But the guy who just got married just said he couldn't come. Be careful about family life. Be careful about the little G God that family life can become to us. I won't go much further on that because I really do like my job. But be careful about that little G family, little G God family. But these folks that were invited missed their opportunity. And Jesus then says to the owner of the house to tell the servant to go everywhere and invite everyone. And again, I'm always listening in Scripture for what would have shocked the people that were hearing the story the most. Not me, but what would shock them. And they would have been blown away that Jesus wanted everyone at this party. They were much more inclined to say, Jesus wants people who have the spiritual resume to be at the, at the party. And we church people, can get awfully focused on our spiritual resumes. That, that's the kind of people we are. We, we like our spiritual sounds. We like our spiritual words. And we're just like the Jesus, people Jesus was speaking to. We're, we're pretty sure we've got this kingdom of God thing figured out. And Jesus is saying to us, you all have assumed something that's not so. Without Jesus, you don't have life. Without Jesus, you're not at the banquet. So many believers, so many people that attend churches on Sunday seem to be missing life. The question that N.T. Wright poses about this passage is, do we celebrate God's kingdom in such a way that the folks who are currently not interested or feel excluded would hear it as good news? Do we celebrate God's kingdom in such a way that the folks who are currently not interested or feel excluded hear it as good news? That, that's the question of our day, isn't it? it? It's the question that challenges me and discourages me and excites me. Do the folks not in here hear the invitation as good news? And we've trained ourselves to center the kingdom of God, the activity of God in church real estate and in traditions and in our preferences. So the only way anyone can ever hear about the kingdom of God or participate in the kingdom of God is to be a part of our church real estate and our traditions and our preferences. And that's the problem that these religious folks around Jesus had. They, they didn't do a bad thing. They just did what came naturally. They centered the activity of God around what they were already doing and what they felt comfortable doing. And Jesus comes in and says, guys, there's a lot more to the kingdom of God than what's happening in your little world, than what you're seeing and experiencing and sharing. Do we understand that? When we center the activity of God around our churches, we're missing so much. 
Last Sunday, we worshiped with our family at Francis's church in Danville. And, and so we left Culpeper early Sunday morning and we drove down Route 29 and we kind of watched as Route 29 woke up on a cold Sunday morning. And we rode past a lot of church buildings and started to see people showing up to church. I don't know what you look at when you're traveling on a Sunday. I pay attention to church buildings. And we got to Danville a little early, and we rode around Danville. And this has been my experience. Anytime I'm not in my routine schedule on Sunday morning, which is my vocational job, meaning I'm at church at 6 a.m. till about noon, I'm in a church building. But when I'm not in a church building on Sunday mornings from 6 a.m. to noon, I realize there's a whole lot happening in communities that the church is not a part of. All kinds of things happening that we're not in the conversation with. And so if the kingdom of God is breaking out somewhere other than church real estate on Sundays, we might miss it. And that's what makes me nervous. We might be missing it. Jesus is for everyone. And we might be missing it while at the same time thinking we're the only ones who see it. And friends, the problem is if we think we're the only ones who see it, and we're the only ones who can see it, and we're only going to look at church real estate and church traditions and church preferences, then we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on a lot of the banquet of the kingdom of God. And to be really honest, <laughs> if we're only going to look for it in church buildings and church traditions and church preferences, folks, it doesn't look like much like a party, does it? And by the way, it hasn't looked like much of a party for about 40 years. And so Jesus tells us this parable. He tells it to us as well. And he challenges us to think that if if we don't think we're at a kingdom party, then, then we might not be. And challenging us to move in ways that we might experience the party and share the good news of the party. So, so what does that look like? Well, well, let me say some things that we say a lot around here. If we want to participate in the party, if we want to be at the banquet, We've got to open our eyes. We've got to build some relationships with people not like us. We've got to get the focus off of our own stuff. And we've got to go out and serve. It's really not a lot more complex than that. That's how we get our eyes on the kingdom of God. And to understand that Jesus is for everyone. And that seems so abundantly simple. If you, if you grew up in church, you, you heard a lot of this God so loved the world stuff, so, so you just kind of assume that, that Jesus is for everyone. But, but then we hedge on that. It's hard to live that out. And one of the reasons it's hard to live that out is because we've gotten our roles reversed at this banquet. We think we're the host. We think we're the ones throwing the party. And so we spend an enormous amount of time and energy struggling to understand who is invited and who's not invited to the kingdom table of Jesus. And those conversations always lead us to create barriers and relationships. Those conversations pit people against each other to determine who gets to participate and the kingdom banquet. And those kind of conversations are intoxicating because it makes us feel like we have some power that we do not. And here's the challenging thing about the parable and the teachings of Jesus. Nowhere, nowhere does Jesus tell us, tell us to weed out the guest list. Nowhere does he put us in charge of the guest list. 
Nowhere does he ask us to prioritize it by gender or financial status or ethnicity or educational level or measure people's value by what they drive or where they live or what they know and, and what they, how they see their worth. Never to, to differentiate by who they vote for or where they work or if they work. He's not asked us to be in charge of the guest list. He's told us to go tell people there's a party, a banquet that they're invited to. And he wants us to go into the world and understand that if we say we follow him, if we say we're believers, that Jesus calls us to be, as, as, as he's invited us to this great banquet, this kingdom movement, if we're going to say we're a part of all of that, then we better be prepared to dine, to serve, to live, to learn alongside people who are different than what we expect. We better recognize God is a God of surprises and the unexpected. And it's been a while in our culture, really with any kind of grouping, where we walked into a room and said, you know what, I'm surprised they were there. In our culture, we've kind of gotten pretty comfortable just hanging out in rooms that look and feel and sound a lot like us. But God is a God of surprises and the unexpected. And what gives the banquet life and what gives churches life are the lives of all those who come. Those who respond and have the courage to say, we may not agree, we may not fully understand the kingdom of God. We might even have different ideas and explanations of the kingdom of God, but Jesus is the center of this banquet and this party. And that's what we rally around. That's the beauty of the kingdom of God. And there was a time not that the old days were all that great. They weren't. But there was a time that we could do a little bit more of that in our culture. And there was a time in the church in the first century that they did this radically. And there is a time now in this world where the church is exploding in growth around the globe that they're inviting everyone to the kingdom party. So what does it mean for us to celebrate God's kingdom in this way? And will our story be the kind of banquet-giving kingdom story that Jesus wants us to tell? So here are my closing questions today. Do we celebrate God's kingdom in such a way that folks who are currently not interested or who feel excluded would hear it as good news. Folks, you don't have to go far to, to test this idea out a little bit, right? A lot of people not interested. That's the other thing you realize as a preacher when you drive around on a Sunday morning. A whole lot of people not interested <laughs> in going to church. Do they feel like they've been invited to a kingdom party? And then will our story be the kind of banquet-giving kingdom story that Jesus wants us to tell? Are we going to talk about more than doctrine, more than culture war, more than tradition? Is our story going to be a kingdom story, life-giving story that Jesus wants us to tell? Will you pray with me? God, thank you for all the ways you've invited us to a party, that you've invited us to life. Forgive us when we think there are other ways to life. Forgive us when we give an allegiance to oxen and field and family and other things that don't reflect your kingdom. And Lord, forgive us for intentionally or unintentionally celebrating this party in a way that makes others feel 
excluded. Lord, challenge us with the idea that we're to go into your world and just proclaim the invitation of the King and let you do your work. Lord, thank you that the responsibility for the guest list is not ours. The privilege of inviting is the responsibility you've given us. So, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to do that with people you put us in relationship with every day. And as we see your life coming to life in the lives of those around us, we will give you glory. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand now. We're going to sing together, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. seated for just a moment. Let me share some announcements with us. 
flowers today are given uh, by Bob and Ann Yaman in memory of their parents, John and Moselle Yaman and Stanton and Nettie Bryant, and we're grateful for the flowers this morning. So I've already mentioned, next Sunday, 10 o'clock service, Bob Roberts, be here, uh, hang out with us the whole day, come back for the evening event, and let us know you're coming to the evening event so we have enough dinner. Tomorrow night, young adults are doing one of our speaker series. Lexi Bates is going to be with us, the owner of Two Sisters Coffee Truck. We're excited to have her here. Uh, you don't have to be a young adult to come to our speaker night. So uh, love for some of you other folks to come and hear from a young, small business, entrepreneurial person here in Culpeper. So again, we do dinner tomorrow night. So if you can let us know you're coming, uh, but we're looking forward to having Lexi with us down in Courtyard Commons tomorrow night. Snow tubing, we are going February 17th, but you got to get tickets way in advance. So if you want to go snow tubing with us on February 17th, uh, you need to let me know by this Wednesday and pay for your tickets. So uh, help us out with that. And if you just want to go and stand around like I do at snow tubing, you can go do that as well. You don't have to pay to do that, but uh, if you're going snow tubing, please let us know by Wednesday. Lots of other things, as always, that are coming up in the life of our church. And uh, keep, keep an eye on the website. If you don't get the e-news, let us know. We want to make sure you're getting that every Friday morning. Thanks for being here today. Let's pray together as we go. God, again, thank you for your presence, for your power, for the joy of being your disciples. Lord, help us to go into your world and see your kingdom all around us and invite more people to see it with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.